Hello, this is Jim Walsh, and welcome to my podcast called On Eagle's Wings. In our previous podcast, we considered the question, why did God give man the Bible? And we noted several things. First, we noted from Ecclesiastes chapter 3 that God doesn't do things haphazardly, that God always has a purpose in the unfolding of his will. We considered the fact that part of the reason that God has given man the Bible is so that we might know him. He reveals himself unto us. A second thing that we considered was that in revealing himself to us, he wants us to understand the importance of fellowship and desire to have fellowship with him. Today we want to present part two then of a lesson that is called, Why Did God Give Man the Bible? Another reason we find that God revealed his word unto man, that God gave man the Bible, is to help us to understand the dual nature that we have. That dual nature of being both physical and spiritual and the consequences for each. When Paul was inspired to write to the saints in Rome, in Romans chapter 3 verse 23, he reminded them, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We have a dual nature of the flesh and of the spirit. And through our flesh, we can, if we are not careful, sin and thus separate ourselves from that relationship that God desires that we have. God doesn't force the relationship upon us. God makes us aware of the relationship. God explains unto us exactly how much he loves us and how much he desires for us to engage in fellowship with him, to have fellowship with him now, and to be led in that fellowship all the way into eternity with him. But God does not force it upon us. And when we choose to reject God's will, and we, we choose to do what we want to do instead of what God commands us to do, we find ourselves in sin, and then we find ourselves in condemnation standing before God. So Paul would write to the Romans, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We don't have the opportunity then to stand in fellowship with him. Without God revealing in his word this situation, we cannot, knew, we cannot know our true spiritual nature. God wants us to fully understand that sin separates us from him. A passage that we've read any number of times, but it's still a good passage, and so we're going to read it again, is in Isaiah chapter 59. Here we have the account of the people during the time of Isaiah petitioning God for help. And when they didn't get the things they thought that they should have gotten, they went to Isaiah and they said, what is wrong with God? Why isn't God answering our prayer? And so Isaiah just pointedly said to them, it's not God that's the problem, it's you. Isaiah chapter 59, beginning in verse 1, he said, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, 
that he will not hear, for your hands are defiled with blood, your fingers with iniquity, your lips have spoken lies, your tongue have muttered perverseness. What we do in the flesh has consequences for our spiritual relationship with God. Without that knowledge, we are lost and we are separated from God. When Paul was inspired to write to the Ephesians, he reminded them of that. In Ephesians chapter 2, he contrasted the old life they had and where they were with the new life that they have now. So he said in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1, And you hath he quickened, you hath he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. So there's the contrast. In sin you are dead. You have no relationship with God. In Christ you are made alive. And so he said in verse 2, Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. You know, if you, if you like to make references in your Bible or if you like to underline things, we read Romans chapter 3, verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You need to reference this verse with that verse because he says here, among whom also we all, himself, everybody, if everybody has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, then we've all been part of the world and have all had our life Fulfilling the lusts of the flesh and thus children of wrath. And then he says in verse 4, But God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened, hath made us alive together with Christ. Now at that time that they were dead, they weren't simply separated from God, although that in itself would be enough. But being separated from God they were cast adrift. In sin, we're in darkness, and we have no hope of making our way to God. So he said in verse 12, At that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope without God in the world. When you are in the world, you are without God. And when you are without God, you have no hope. Without the knowledge of our spiritual relationship and the importance of separating ourselves from sin so that we could be united with God, we would be lost. The only place that I can find the knowledge of what I need to do to be united with God is by following Jesus Christ. In John's Gospel, John chapter 6, verse 67, after some of the disciples, actually it says in verse 66, many of his disciples departed. Jesus had worked a miracle, fed the 5,000. Then he asked those that were there some tough questions and, and they didn't like the answers. So they departed and they went away. So Jesus asked the question in verse 67, will ye also go away? And Peter said in verse 68, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life and we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ the son of the living God the only place that I can find 
the knowledge of what I need to do to be united in a relationship with God and to sever my old life of sin is by reading God's word and learning about Jesus Christ. It is not possible for man to know the right way without God's word. The prophet Jeremiah said in Jeremiah chapter 10 verse 23, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. God thus has given us his word to reveal unto us what we need to do to engage in this relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ. And that leads us to thinking about salvation. In Mark chapter 16, in verses 15 and 16, Jesus said unto his disciples, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. The process of salvation, the means of salvation, the guarantee of salvation has been given by God. But my part is to believe and to act upon it. If I don't, I will be left in sin, I will be lost, and I will be eternally separated from God. And I need to fully understand as God's word reveals unto me that the only means of salvation is found in and by Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 4 verse 10, as Peter was standing before the religious leaders of that day, he said, Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Not Abraham, although he was the friend of God. Not Moses, who stood in the presence of God and was a faithful man. Not David, who was a man after God's own heart. Not any of the apostles, although they were faithful to Jesus and took his word out into the world and did exactly what he asked them. Not men like Muhammad or Joseph Smith. There's only one name that is given under heaven to mankind to understand what we need to do to be saved. And that is the name of Jesus Christ. There is no one else we can follow. The gospel is preached to let us know that salvation from sin comes by and through Jesus Christ. It tells us exactly what we need to do in order to gain access unto the heavenly father and to have our sins remitted by the blood of Jesus Christ. To believe the gospel message, to confess Jesus as Christ, repent of our sins, and be baptized for the remission of our sins. And then to know that all who have done this and remain faithful unto the Lord can expect to have a crown of life. Revelation chapter 2 verse 10, Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. God has given his word unto man to let man know that if we don't 
take advantage of his revelation now. A time is going to come when it will be too late. The writer of Hebrews said in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27, As it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this is the judgment. A time of judgment is coming. And the one who is going to judge is that same one who can save us, Jesus Christ. Jesus himself said in John's gospel, in John chapter 5, verses 28 and 29, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Every grave, everywhere in the world, whether it's in the earth, in the water, in a mountain somewhere, it doesn't matter who or where anyone has died. Wherever that person dies, that's their grave. And a time is going to come when Jesus will call forth every single person who has ever died. And when they are called forth, they will be called forth to judgment. There are dire consequences for failure. And that failure is eternal condemnation. God has revealed himself unto us so that we can know him. We can understand the greatness of his being. We can understand his power. We can understand his infinite mercy and grace and love. We can fully comprehend how important it is to be his, to be his people, to be his people. We can fully understand exactly what sin is. And what is going to happen to those who remain in sin and who don't take advantage of the blessing of the gospel. But we can also know what it means to have our sins forgiven, to be added to the body of Christ, to be part of the household of God, to be convicted of his love and that the relationship that we enjoy with him now is one that can continue into all eternity. God has given us his word because he loves us and he wants us to know him and he wants us to be saved. Why would you not take advantage of that word? Once again, this is Jim Walsh. Thank you for listening to my podcast called On Eagle's Wings.